Alright, welcome back to Eat Lunch and Board Game. I'm your host, Adam Collins. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about a game unlike any other I've talked about to this point. Universal Rule. When I had the broad idea to make my own game and start my own company, a friend told me to listen to a few different podcasts on the topic of board game design. One of these podcasts interviewed Chip Bouvet, where he talked about his 4X game that used only 18 cards and could be played in less than an hour. Now, this intrigued me on a number of levels. First of all, 4X games typically take hours to play. The 4Xs are Explore, Expand, Exploit, and Exterminate. Twilight Imperium is a well-known 4X game and boasts a playtime of 4 to 8 hours. Secondly, they tend to be very expensive. Again, Twilight Imperium is $150 for the core game. So, let me get this right. Chip Bouvet is saying he has a 4X game and it's only 18 cards. So I dug into this game. It's manufactured by a company called Buttonshy Games. They specialize in 18-card games and utilize Kickstarter. Later that day, I was talking to my brother about this crazy game I'd heard about. He bought it, but at the time, he was in the National Guard and was about to be out of the country for a few months. Upon his return, he was going to be out of town for police training. When it arrived, he let me borrow it and play it at lunch with my group while he was gone. And man, did we play it. We played the heck out of this game. To take this crazy opening even one step further, I was listening to a different podcast about print-and-play games. The guest mentioned a website, which I've talked about before, which is pnparcade.com. That's paulnancypaularcade.com. I went to the site, and bam, there it was. Universal Rule and all the expansions for mere dollars. I instantly bought it all, printed it out, laminated it, cut it out, and we played it that day at lunch. Why was I this excited? I had been waiting on the game to come back into stock on Buttonshy's website for months. It turns out that one of the main founders of the PMP Arcade is also the main guy at Buttonshy Games. Then no joke, less than a month later, Universal Rule came out with its latest expansion and all the game available on Kickstarter. I just backed it at the PMP level and printed those out anyway. Now, on to the standard opening here. Universal Rule is a fairly unknown game, and I want to change that. It currently holds a 6.6 on Board Game Geek, but it only has 66 ratings. Not 66,000, just 66. So let's get that up there, guys. Rule clarity. For only having 18 cards, this game is rather complex. The rules are clear, but you might need a bit more board game knowledge to fully understand the game. There's a rule supplement as well, and it dives deeper into what each action does. I hope I haven't lost you yet, though, because once you understand this game, it is amazing! Time to explain to newcomers. This game suffers here a little bit. If you're familiar with the following action, then you might be a huge step ahead. This is only the second game that I play that had this mechanic. Basically, your opponents can follow your lead, by paying something to do the same thing you just did. In this game, they pay you credits. Going through each action and explaining them can eat up some of your time, yet it is worth it. My advice here is, take the first lunch hour to teach everyone in your group how to play the game. You'll still probably be able to fit a game in, but then everybody will already know how to play your game moving forward. Gameplay. This is the first game I've talked about that requires you to bring something to the table. You'll need something to use as credits, whether it be pennies or poker chips. 
or we use one centimeter cubes that I have on hand for when I'm working on a game design. Each player gets a number of credits depending on their starting position. The first player gets one, second player gets two, third player gets three, and so on. Then shuffle and deal each player three card hand of planets. Each player picks two and discards the third. The discards and leftover cards then are shuffled to form the draw pile. On your turn, you will pick one of the five actions. Explore, colonize, upgrade, produce, or attack. I know. I said this is a 4x game and there are five actions, but honestly, upgrade is mostly just a super colonize. Once you pick your action, you set your follow cost and you do the chosen action. Finally, all your opponents, in turn order, choose whether or not to follow you. Then it's the next person's turn. So let's go through these actions. First up is Explore. Explore means you draw a card from the draw pile. You're exploring new planets. To do this, you simply pay a credit to the bank and take the top card. To use the Colonize action, you pay the yellow circle amount from the upper left or lower right of whatever planet you want to colonize. You can colonize it on either rotation. When you colonize, you place it readable to you on the value you paid. For instance, the planet Vervroom has a cost of 1 in an action called Cheap, or a cost of 8 in an action called Attack Taker. Upgrade is like Colonize, only you pay the difference between the lower yellow value and the higher one, and then rotate your planet. Like I said, it's just a Super Colonize. To take the Produce action, you collect the number of credits equal to the sum of all your green stars. Now this must be in their active facing. So back to planet Vervroom. It produces one credit, but when upgraded to its attack taker side, it produces three credits. Each of these actions can be followed by your opponent. You set the cost of credits or cubes or whatever you're using equal to or lower than your colonized planets. The cost can never be zero. So even if you have zero planets in play, the cost to follow is one. You set this cost, then your opponents decide whether or not they want to pay you that amount to do the same action. Very strategic on your part and theirs. Do you set it too high so they can't follow? Do you set it low because you want them to follow so you can get more credits? Do you follow because you know they can't keep all the credits? That's right. There is also a hand limit of 5 credits per colonized planet. Again, with the hand limit, it is never lower than 5. So if you have 0 planets colonized, you still have a credit limit of 5. The final action you can take is attack. Attack cannot be followed. When you decide to do this, you're attempting to downgrade an opponent's planet, or if it's not upgraded, you destroy it, putting it in the discard pile. You could also earn the bonus of the offensive edge. Not the offensive edge, the offensive edge. Before I get into how to attack, there are a few other things of note. The win condition is victory points based on the number of players. The victory points are shown on the planet's cards and the white stars. Again, Vervroom is worth one point, but upgraded it is worth two. When all the planet's values are added together, plus one point for every five credits and one point for every three secret fleet wings exceeds the victory point requirement for the player count, that player is deemed the winner at the end of their turn. Again, more strategy. If they have the offensive edge, you must attack them in order to take the points away from them, keeping the game going. Real quick, the secret fleet wing value is the red pentagon with wings in the upper left of the card, but only the cards in your hand. You get one point for every three rounding down. If you claim victory using the secret fleet but someone else has a higher secret fleet value, you do not win and you must discard a card. So this way is a slight gamble. Alright, back to attack now. When you choose to attack, you pick one of your planets to lead the charge and select one of your opponent's planets to attack. 
the red pentagons are the military value of these planets. You can bolster your attack by adding cards from your hand at the value of their secret fleet. You do this by putting them face down so nobody can see what your total value is yet. You can then also secretly add credits to your total based on your non-engaging planets. Here's the catch. Every player is doing this. They are deciding who to back in this battle. When everyone is ready, you reveal your credits and card values, and the non-engaged players reveal their alignment by pointing to who they're backing. Everything offered up in the battle is tallied for the respective side, then discarded. If the attacking side has the higher total, the defending planet is either downgraded or discarded. The person who contributed the highest individual total is awarded the offensive edge card and its associated six victory points. If the defending side wins, anyone supporting the defending side with at least one credit gets to draw a card. I know this seems like a lot, but it really is not as complicated as it seems. A few turns around the table, and you will have it all figured out. Replayability. I mean, what can I say? Universal Rule is extremely replayable. I love the strategy involved in playing this game. When to follow, when not to follow, when to make it expensive or cheap to follow, who to back in a battle, when to attack, and it changes every game with the planets you have while planets you know aren't in play, who is playing, how many people are playing, so many factors. I have all the expansions, and we just shuffle all the planets together and deal out 17 at random for the game. Then, we shuffle them back together, redeal, and go again. Artwork. This is another cool aspect of the game. Chip's wife, Sarah, with no H because H's are ew. In case you don't get that, that's a Jimmy Fallon reference. Sarah did the artwork for the game. All the planets have a unique look to them, and they remind me a lot of the planets from the Star Trek television shows. The characters for the game are just as fun, too. Sarah also did the artwork for Anthelion, Conclave of Power, and it takes place in the same quote-unquote pocket world as Universal Rule. It is also a fantastic game with a push-pull mechanic. I love that game very much, and I will probably cover it in an upcoming episode. Component quality. These are decent playing cards. They come in a nice wallet, but I highly recommend sleeving them as they are the game. If you go deep into the pocket world, you will not want them to wear differently, marking the edges. I did the print and play, like I said, so if my cards get ruined, I just print off a new set and laminate them. Bang for the buck. Honestly, this is totally worth the $12 off Buttonshy's website. And it's a no-brainer for $3 to purchase this off of PNP Arcade if you're into the whole print and play thing. Lunchtime Potential. We love this game, and we typically can get at least two games in per lunch hour. Even when the game seems to stall out, the mechanics force you to do something to kickstart battles, and the end comes quickly. We have never had a game last longer than a lunch hour. I do not even see how that would be possible. Alright, the expansions. In 2017, Second Wave came out. It is a standalone game. It includes a completely new batch of 17 planets. You can either choose to play this set alone, or you can shuffle it in with the original 17 planets and then randomly select half the deck to play with. The latter is our preferred method of chaos. It does throw some of the balance off if you do it this way, but you won't know what balance is off until you see all the cards. It is great fun to play it this way. The other change is the progressive edge card in lieu of the offensive edge card. This new card gives victory point every turn that the owner has it. I love this card because it encourages attacking and discourages the sitting and waiting to build your fortune or collect your secret fleet. You have to attack the person with this card or they just continue earning points. In 2020, like I just said, Singularity came out. It's a standalone version of the game. I've only gotten to play this version one time before the COVID pandemic, and it's just as good as the other versions. 
I have yet to be able to shuffle all 17 of these planets in with the rest of the planets and have one massive game of randomized 17 planets. It offers up a new edge card as well. It's called the Deep Space Edge. This bonus is worth 2 points and 1 point for every 2 cards in the discard pile. It does make you more aware of attacking and the cost of doing it. You want to keep the draw pile stocked, but not the discard pile. So there's a good balance needed there. Alright, promos. Edge of War came out in 2017. This is a small bonus of three new planets. Each one is crazy in their own way. The Rosa system in its base form does not allow you to attack, but when it's upgraded, none of your planets can be attacked. Wovis allows you to pay your attacker four credits to target a different planet. Vyanov, well, Vyanov is just a beast. In its base form, it doesn't do anything. But when you upgrade it, everyone else must destroy a planet. But while upgraded, you cannot attack and it cannot be downgraded, meaning that if it's attacked, it's just lost. Also 2017 saw the release of The Void. The Void is a solo card add-on. It is just one new planet, but man can it wreak some havoc. It's called CPM0618. On the cheaper side, it costs zero, has a fleet value of zero, produces zero, and unless you pay one credit at the start of your turn, it is destroyed. This is the void power. However, on the upgraded side, its power is called the black hole. It costs six to upgrade, or you can build it outright at this level. It still has a fleet value of zero and produces zero. So why would you want it? As the black hole, it destroys the cheapest planet in the universe. Crazy! But beware, it could destroy your own planets. Alright, the character pack is a little different, but it is incredibly fun. To set up, you shuffle the six characters and pick two at random. The rest will not be used. Now, you must select the matching planets that correspond with the chosen characters. Set these together off to the side. Anyone can colonize these planets on their turn or when following by paying the associated cost. Now you must make a choice though. Do you ally with the character or vanquish the character when completing the colonization? To ally, you must immediately pay the cost on the card. It could be credits, negative stars, or both. You now receive the ability of that character. Tuck it under the planet. If that planet is ever destroyed, the character is lost from the game. If you choose to vanquish the character, you must attack the character's planet. This does trigger a full attack sequence, so your opponents get to choose to back you or the character. If you win and contribute the most, you get the character card and flip it over to show the star that you earned. If someone else contributed more, they get the star. However, if the defenders win, you place the other star showing the arrows pointing out. That means every other player gains a victory point. So there's a bit of risk versus reward on deciding to vanquish versus allying. The summary. I have a lot of games from Button Shy Games, but hands down, Universal Rule is my favorite. I'm not saying the other games are not good, but Universal Rule is just that good. I would say that it has ruined 18 card games for me. <laughs> okay, probably not. I'll keep buying and printing them off and playing them. But I love the base game. The strategy that it allows is incredible. Each of the new sets are equally as fun. It's once you've played each set a few rounds, then you shuffle them all together, and that's when the real fun begins. 
You have no idea what planets are in the game at the start. You must adapt on the fly. There are three planets from the original set called the Triplets. They are a first come, first served in the base game. Only one can be colonized on the base side at a time. When the planets are randomized, you don't know up front if the others are in the game. So you build it fast to stop your opponents. But a few rounds later, you realize there isn't another one in the game and you should have built the better planet instead. I'm telling you, you have to give this game a try. It is well worth the $3 if you like it. Tune in soon as the creator Chip Bouvet will also be on the podcast. Remember, you can follow me on Facebook at facebook.com slash eatlunchandboardgame. And feel free to email me at eatlunchandboardgame at gmail.com. And until next time, keep building those bridges. Stay in tune with all things sports around Indiana and the nation with the Crash Course Podcast. Each week, we tackle the big storylines from the world of the Colts, Pacers, and the Indiana College scene, while also keeping a pulse on the nation. We record live weekly at twitch.tv slash 3C Media, and can be found on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever podcasts can be heard, you can catch the Crash Course Podcast. Average Joe's Gaming is a weekly podcast brought to you by us. I'm Joe. I'm Tom. We talk about all things game-related. In this hour-long podcast, you'll discover what has arrived in the game room, which Funko Pop Tom just could not resist, and maybe, if you're lucky, we might get around to talking about games. Might. Tune in weekly. You can find us on all of your favorite podcast formats. When you're gaming, why not be comfy? Go over to supportplayer.org. Click on the cards, pieces, and dice to get some merch. These t-shirts are some of the most comfortable I have ever worn. That's supportplayer.org, and there's a link on eatlunchandboardgame.com.